Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hello, Single to Sealed, and welcome back to another podcast episode. We are, as always, so thrilled that you decided to spend your time visiting us here on our podcast page and listening to an episode. Uh, Thank you so much for your continued support and love and feedback and messages and reviews and every single thing and all of the above. We appreciate all of it and we're grateful you're here and part of this family. That's nice. Hey, I have something I want to talk about. What? (laughs) I have learned and I firmly believe that kids are the ultimate germ carriers. You guys, I used to get sick like once a year, two tops. Like, I don't know about Brianna. Were you pretty healthy? I'm still healthy. Yeah, but I mean, like, you, we didn't record last week because you were sick. Yeah, but I was sick because I flew to Utah briefly for like five days. And I think I caught something on the plane and brought it home. And then I gave it to everyone here at the house. So that was not good. I literally did not have a voice Tuesday and Wednesday of last week. It was pretty bad. Yeah, but when you're not flying to Utah... Like, I feel like there's been an abnormal number of sicknesses in our house. I blame coronavirus, so that's that's, that's where I'm going <laughs> to put the blame. Yeah. <laughs> Not 100%. enough sun and being inside. Now, there's, maybe there is some truth behind that, but here, here's my thing. With kids, like, I just feel like since our daughter started preschool, we have just been sick in this house so much. <laughs> True. I, I don't know. I just, I really do think it correlates. And all these kids just passing around germs to each other. They don't have any hand hygiene. Well, I guess adults don't either. But <laughs> <laughs> you all pretend like you do. And But, like, she comes home and, I mean, she's just getting sick and missing school. And we're always getting sick. And every other episode, I feel like we're sitting here being like, sorry, guys, we're sick. <laughs> we're pushing through it. <laughs> and yet Jerry wants to have another kid. Yeah, but I mean that's our kid, independent from all <laughs> the other kidding. kids. See, our kidding. kids are perfect. They don't ever, have, they don't ever get. Oh, okay. It's never them that's like causing the. Sickness. It's other kids at preschool. Yeah, it's little little Georgie, you know, who's <laughs> who's just like, hey, you want to be friends? And he was like, no, and he was like, fine, I'll give you a hug anyways. You know, oh, okay, no okay. Consent, and then giving the germs. Today, today, Eden said the most hurtful thing to me that she's ever said to me. Um, I told, I got upset at her for pushing Raven down. And she stomped upstairs to her room and said, you're not my best friend anymore. She was so mad. And she stayed in her room what, for like what five time minutes. was that at? That was around like 4 p.m. I think. Because around 4 p.m. I had like this really good feeling like something good was <laughs> happening to me. It was like, it was like, I just moved, I got demoted. I just moved up in life. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I just had this intuition. But Eden's never learned what hate means yet. Like our oldest daughter, she's almost four. And so she doesn't know how to say, like, I don't like you really at all. <laughs> so her the meanest thing she could say was, you're not my best friend anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Eden. That was basically her telling me she hated me. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty violent. She's getting pretty sad. Shots were fired. Um, that's totally off topic, though. It has nothing to do with the topic we are going to be discussing today in today's podcast. But we just had to give you a little sneak Well, I was just happy life. that, like, despite everybody else in the, fa- in the family, I feel like getting sick from you potentially you who brought mm-hmm. it here 
I, I didn't really get sick. No, or I didn't. haven't yet, so. Thank goodness, because he gets the man cold and he gets it hardcore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Different topic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, besides that, we've been doing good. Sorry we missed the episode last week. But we are back and we have some great episodes coming up. Today's is kind of like a little conversation type episode. We wanted to talk a little bit about getting the ring when you're going to propose. So this is more aimed towards the person proposing, but also we're going to have some tips in here for the person that's getting proposed to. We know that sometimes for girls, the ring is a really big deal. Sometimes some girls don't really care so much about the ring, but it is something that you will have on your finger for potentially the rest of your life. And um, that's kind of a big deal. So you should probably like the ring that you're going to be wearing, right? So we want to talk a little bit about how to go through that process of picking out a ring. So Jerry is going to talk first about the male side of, of picking a ring. And then I'm going to add in my two cents because, you know, it's valuable. Right, Jerry? I think. Oh, he didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me and started talking. He tried to say, my opinion isn't valuable. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think from my experience and the different um, female type variety that I have talked to, including Brianna, most women don't want to be randomly proposed to. Like, it's good to have a conversation about marriage, already know that's kind of where you're going. Plus, guys, like, it'll be so much better for you so that you have a really low chance of them saying no <laughs> and being embarrassed on, like, a, you know, big screen in the basketball arena, <laughs> you know, or something like that. So you have this conversation first. Okay. That's the first point. You know, you, you know, you want to get married. So we're both excited about it. And now we're talking about a ring. And again, this is important because you might have a girl, like Brianna said, who doesn't really care that much about it, which, which is, you know, good to know. And you might have someone who's really passionate about it. We've known both people and we've known how that can be detrimental to a relationship when a guy said, oh, this ring is so pretty. This is the ring I want her to have on her hand. But she wasn't so happy about that. And, you know, it was it ended up being a big deal. Or others will say, it's just a symbol. It's not that important. You know, it's really important to talk about. Yeah, and I think it's important to take time yourself to look at rings as a man and look at what's out there and understand, like, where budgets are and, like, how much certain rings cost I mean, there's a lot of options if you're not going the diamond route. There's like mo- moissanite or something like that. <laughs> Cubic zirconium, zir- zirconium or whatever. I can't remember the name. Zirconia? Something like that. There's a lot of different gemstones that you can look at of varying prices. And a lot of ways to have like a lot of bling for lower costs. And this is something that you want as a woman, you want the person that you're dating to have looked at and be, you know, at least a little bit of aware of. So both of you, both man and woman, should be looking at rings, should be discussing rings, should be discussing budget, and have an idea of what you both want ring-wise. Because I think it's just as important for the guy to have a ring he really likes as the girl to have the ring they, re- they really like. Um, Jerry and I went on a couple different dates where we went ring shopping and it wasn't like actually like we were purchasing a ring, but it was a really fun way to look at rings together and for him to get an idea of what I liked and what rings I didn't like. And for me to show him like, oh, okay, like this is my favorite. I, I don't like this shape. 
And for me also to get to try on rings in person and see what I liked on my hand. Because it's one thing for a girl to like scroll through Pinterest and look at all these pretty rings, but rings that you might like on someone else's hand don't look that good on your hand. And you might discover that. You might say, oh, I really like the solitaire, but that does not look good on my finger. I always loved the solitaire, but my fingers are really short and, and like stubby. And the solitaire did not look good on my finger. So I was a little bit disappointed, but I discovered by going on those dates and ring shopping that I really like the pear shape. And that was something that I was able to tell Jerry in person right there, like, ooh, I really like this ring. I really like this shape. So he knew exactly what I liked and exactly what I wanted before he even had to go start searching himself. Yeah, it was also a good opportunity for us to actually get our current ring sizes measured. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes you can wear a ring for so long or for a certain amount of time and your finger can actually change shapes mm -hmm. <laughs> based on what you're wearing if you wear rings a lot. You know, so it's just kind of good to have uh, accurate ring size because it'd be a lot more sad, I guess, or awkward to propose with a certain ring and then have to take it back, get it resized or get a completely different size ring. So it's good to get that under control, too. Yeah, and some people might hear that like, oh, a ring, a ring shopping date, that is not my thing. And if it's not your thing, that's totally fine. But as a woman, it is a really good idea that you maybe go ring shopping with a friend or at least go and try on rings and know your exact size, know exactly what type of ring you like and tell that to a friend, a close friend or family member who your significant other can easily get in contact with. And then you make it known to your significant other that if they need to know ring size or ring information that they can go to that person. Um, so if, you, if you're wanting it to be like extra surprise and like you don't want to do the ring shopping date, that's a good option as well. But I do really recommend that you actually go out and try on some rings and see how they look, how they feel, what you like, and really narrow that down. But also be conscious of budget because especially if you're both in college, then, you know, you guys aren't exactly living the high life yet. So being conscious of the budget that they, the person you're dating has and that they're able to afford because in reality, their finances are going to become your finances when you get married. So if they go into major debt for a ring for you, that's going to be your major debt in probably a few months or a year. And you're going to have to take that on and deal with that for however long it takes to pay off. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that important that you have enough money saved up that you have to buy something in full. I think if you have a ring that you really like and it's a reasonable amount that you feel like you can make payments on per month, you know, I don't think that's a big deal. That's what I did with Brianna. I found a reasonable ring and price that we agreed on, you know, a price range together. You know, knowing again that we'd be sharing these finances and then, you know, we, we went from there. So I know a lot of people have probably heard of the, and what is it, like the famous, like three month salary, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. But Brianna said, you know, like we're, we're all the, in all these different stages of life. And a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably young adults that perhaps are in college and don't have these full time jobs yet. You know, and the job you might be working at Taco Bell on campus, you know, already is barely paying bills, you know, as it is. So I think you have to be mindful, mindful of that and you know, what you're able to afford. Now, Brianna brought up something really interesting earlier. She was saying that there's different gems and types of rings that you can get in that sense. There are people who, you know, plan to have a lower quality, I guess, lower cost. I don't want to say quality, lower cost ring early on. And they agree that, you know, a few years down the line, when they have more money, they want to get their wives more fancy ring. Mm -hmm. And that's totally acceptable, too. I think it all just comes down to conversation and communication 
and back to what we always say on this podcast, which is unvoiced expectations always lead to resentment. And so if you as the woman are like, my ring has to be, you know, 14 karat, blah, 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 a specific ring, specific style, specific cost. Like those are all things that you need to be communicating your significant other with your significant other about, because if they propose to you with, you know, maybe a smaller ring with a smaller stone, because that's all they can afford. And you're upset about that. Um, that falls back on you because you didn't effectively communicate like what you were wanting from your ring. And also as a man, like you need to be able to communicate with your significant other about what you can afford and what you're expecting to get ring wise and to pay ring wise so that you guys can be on the same page. If this person that you're dating has super expensive tastes and you can't afford that and that's a deal breaker for them, then you guys should know that before you go and purchase a ring and, you know, are talking about getting married. Um, And if a ring means that much to someone that they don't want to marry you, if you can't get them a fancy ring, I would be questioning a little bit my relationship, Um, whether it's not necessarily that they're a bad person, just whether it's the right match. If they can't compromise on small things like that just to be with you, then it's probably not the best match. Yeah, I think sometimes we get into this, we're in this world where we're we're demanding like equality (laughs) between men and women, but then in certain things like this, it's very one-sided. You know, it's somebody like a, you know a lot of women might expect a whole lot more in the by way of cost of their wing of their ring, and you know everything that goes into their marriage, including the ceremony. Where I guarantee you, you know, guys <laughs> actually want or are like part of like five percent of that entire process. Yeah, and I think going back to that, like after the proposal happens and the ring is given to the woman, I think it's a really good time for you to go ring shopping for the guy. Um, or even you could propose with both rings, and that's really cute, too. Maybe well, that'll be a new thing. I, I think that something that doesn't happen very often but went down with Jerry and I is, like, I got my ring, and Jerry's like, I really want to wear a ring. And so we went ring shopping within, like, I think a week or two of him proposing to me, and we picked out Jerry's ring, and, we, like, we gave him full reign. We said, like, pick whatever ring you want, doesn't matter how expensive it is, like, within our budget, Right. Because I wanted him to have a nice ring. I didn't want him to have like a $40 ring. I wanted him to have something that he really liked as well, like I did. And so after we picked out his ring, he decided that he wanted to wear it like an engagement ring, like what I had. And I thought that was really sweet. And, you know, some people gave him a really hard time about it because they're like, you're not married yet. And he's like, well, why does she get to wear a ring? And I don't. Like, I want to show that I'm committed just as much as she does. And so that's also an option, too. Like, if the guy wants to wear his ring as an engagement ring like you do, I don't see a problem with it. I think it's really endearing and really sweet. Yeah, I think it kind of boils down to, you know, what we try to do on this podcast. And this is always talking about, you know, breaking down cultural norms or maybe things that we've been doing that are kind of one-sided or even, you know, not even that good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is one of those things for me that I feel like really one-sided. And it's really not that life-changing besides that. You know, if a guy wants to wear a ring and it's such a big deal to other people, it, it, just question that. It's like, well, why is that such a big deal in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a bond. This is a relationship between you and your now fiance. So why does anybody else even get to have a say in that in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So basically you just do you. And I think the the overlining like theme of this episode is just communication, communicate about the ring. The ring won't be a big deal in your relationship if you don't let it be like a deal breaker, big deal. So if you 
make it normal and easily discussable from the beginning and you both lay out your expectations and talk about what your budget is and what kind of rings you want then it's not going to ever be this big huge thing that like could explode like on the day of when you're getting proposed to and you're like oh I hate this ring <laughs> like I don't want to say yes because I hate this ring um, so if you if you make it something you talk about from earlier on then it's not going to be such an awkward or like deal breaking item when you get to the end yeah, I have some friends that uh, both just got those little rubber rings, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it really is up to you and your relationship of, of what you want and working with each other. Again, so like Brianna said, you can give those expectations so that you know, no one's feelings are hurt. Everybody knows exactly what they want, and they can over, overall have a happy outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so one last thing before we <laughs> stop talking about rings is one thing I didn't consider when we were ring shopping was the ring store that you're shopping at. So what I mean by that is the location. Is there more than one? Is there is there more out of the state? Because there are a lot of uh, stipulations and rules behind when you get your ring. Like you want to make sure you're getting like those lifetime warranties and things like that. And when it comes down to getting that warranty, they're going to require you to get that ring inspected so often so they can say, okay, well, he came back in five years from now and diamonds are missing. Well, he never got the ring inspected, so we could never do anything about it. You know, you don't, they won't fix it, mm-hmm. you know, and so you're required to get this done so often. And so when I got Brianna her ring, we got it from a place that was really only found in the West Coast. And so because that happened, it made it really difficult for us to get her ring inspect it and to keep up that insurance and so now every time Brianna flies back to Utah for whatever reason she always has to go to that place to make sure that her insurance is being kept up there mm-hmm. now I guess there's ways around that to where you could get it insured through like a different company or something but um, obviously it's a lot easier just to use the lifetime insurance that you get with the ring that you buy the buy it from the store mm-hmm. you buy it from so that's just something to keep in mind not to not that you know you're limited to certain stores but it's it's something that I wish I had known. Yeah, that's a good tip right there. So yeah, just just make sure that you guys are being selective and that, you know, it's it is like we talked about something you're committed committing to for a potentially life if you're gonna have the ring forever for as long as your marriage and possibly like pass down to kids. So, you know, just making sure it's something that you both really like and that is a representation of your love. But ultimately remembering, like Taylor Swift says in her song she likes shiny things, but she'd marry him with paper rings in the end as much as, you know, rings are beautiful and awesome and fun to have and fun to show off. Um, if your relationship is all about the bling and not about, you know, what's deep down in your relationship, then you should be questioning some stuff because um, it should be a representation of your love. But ultimately, your love should be more important than a ring if it's truly with the person that you should be with for eternity, truly with someone who gets you and loves you. So as fun as rings are, um, they're not the whole relationship. Just remember that. All right. Thanks again for everyone who took the time to listen to this podcast. We love you guys and are grateful for the attention that you give us. Thanks for being patient with us and sticking with us through this journey to help you become single to sealed. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.